It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name's Mike Bernard. I am your host, and I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me in the KFG studio, certified financial planners Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. Yeah, well, another tax season is in the books, and I know you're probably thinking, good riddance. But it's actually time to start thinking of and planning uh, for next year's taxes already. It's hard to believe, but it's here. So coming up on this hour of Wise Money, we're going to be sharing some of our biggest takeaways from this past tax season and some of the biggest tax planning strategies that you need to consider for 2018. That's right. That's right. You're probably tired of us talking about taxes, but uh, we're going to download our brain to you today so that you can make 2018 your best tax year ever. If you have questions or have something else going on in your financial life that you want us to be talking about, reach out to us. This is your show. You can connect with us a couple different ways. First, you can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. And lastly, all over social media and even the podcast as well, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Wise Money Radio and podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right. As Kevin said, you're probably sick of talking about it. Tax season's finally over. We all survived. You're here. Yay. Hopefully, you had a great result. If you did... What are you doing intentionally right now to make sure you get a equally good result, if not better, in 2018? But if you didn't have a great result, what are you doing right now to make sure 2018 on your taxes is even better? Yeah, and, and hopefully that's not starting something new. Uh, we say all the time that really tax planning is something that should be happening throughout the entire calendar year. Um, you know, maybe this is the nerdiest thing I could say right now, but it feels like taxes should always be on your mind when you're talking about your finances. I've heard you say nerdier things. Okay. Yeah, but that's, well, that's that reassuring. Fairly nerdy. Nice job, Josh. <laughs> no, you know, we, we think of tax planning as one out of six key areas. It's one financial discipline that you need to look at when you're building an overall financial plan. And, you know, it's really something that we try to weave throughout the entire financial plan. Think of this as the sauce you're pouring over a big plate of spaghetti. Mm. Your financial life is all intermingled and intertwined, and taxes can touch any part of your financial life. So you can't ignore it even when you're thinking about your investments or your estate plan or anything like that. Um, and, and I would say that it's really something that needs to be on your mind throughout the year because it's not too early to already be thinking how do I make my 2018 return better? That's right. And delicious analogy there. Oh, you had yeah. me so spaghetti. You guys know <laughs> we prepare taxes at Corhorn Financial Group. You guys all know that. And at this time of year, right after tax season, we'd like to take a breather and, and just download to you what we saw. The real life experiences, the victories, uh, some of the defeats maybe, and even prospects of how to plan for 2018 this year to make it even better and enrich your tax plan and your financial plan like like Josh said. So let's start with tax planning success stories. We do planning throughout the entire year. So 
full year planning for taxes that was done in 2017. We saw the culmination when taxes were prepared. Guys, Josh, Kevin, what stories, examples jump out at you? You know, uh, there's a few that stand out to me, and it's always the ones that stand out to our clients. Mm. The, The clients that were just raving and so excited about a strategy that worked out the way that we had kind of forecasted for them. And uh, I, I remember a, a new client coming in early last year, and this was uh, husband and wife. Uh, the gal, she worked uh, for Kroger and had company stock inside of her 401k. And she was all ready to just kind of cash that all in, roll it over to an IRA, do the same thing that everybody does when they retire. You just roll over that 401k, don't even think a whole lot about it. Sell everything, move it over to an IRA. Exactly. Reinvest into something diversified that makes sense for your retirement. And we were able to get her to pause long enough to explore an idea related to that uh, company stock. She had owned it for years and years and years, and it had really run up in value over time. And we told her about a strategy that only applies to so many people. You know, you don't see this every single day as a financial advisor, but um, she had net unrealized appreciation. And that's some jargon if I've ever heard it. But uh, basically, there's a strategy that allows her to move that stock out of the employer plan, pay tax on it at capital gains rates, which just means special rates, lower rates, and um, avoid paying uh, higher taxes down the road. And for her, we were able to keep them in a low enough tax bracket. She ended up paying zero on all of that uh, that growth in the in the account. So they were just tickled to death and excited about the planning and how they avoided completely avoided a major chunk of taxes just by slowing down long enough to confirm. Do I have the right strategy here? That's huge. We've we've talked about net unrealized appreciation on the show before. I don't have the show tag and title right here handy uh, for you, but you can find it on podcast or on the website as well. And, and you know, Kevin has shared before as we've talked about tax planning opportunities. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, did it make a sound? Huh? If a <laughs> tax strategy that was there, but you didn't realize it goes uncaptured. Was it really a tax opportunity? See, we would say yes. That you know, your your certified financial planner should be bringing creative solutions like that. So, kudos, Josh. That's that's awesome. My example is much uh, less uh, less important. But Kevin, what do you what do you have? Is there an example? Well, I think some of the f- there there are a couple of really energizing things that happen during tax season. And one of the things is if we're taking on a new client and we're looking backwards at their situation and we find uh, mistakes that either they made or a prior preparer has made, Mm -hmm. and so we can fix those. You can go back three years, so um, we go back and fix those. But the other very energizing thing that we can do is um, find opportunities, real-time opportunities as we're preparing someone's tax return. And we look and we say, okay, this the return it could be done and we could hit the, the send button and e-file this thing. But there are actually some opportunities that are still on the table and do we pursue those? And I'm thinking of a, a young couple just getting started and we've the, our firm has actually served their folks for 20-some years. And um, a lot of times what happens with parents is they say, you know, our our kids need to get going on financial stuff, but we really don't know how to equip them to get going. So for Christmas or for 
a birthday or for something, we're going to pay for them to come work with you. Yeah. So mom and dad sent this newly married couple. They'd had some big life events. They'd gotten married. They uh, both graduated from college, got their first job. And I'm sorry for making a short story long here, but they their income was at a point where if they put more money into a retirement plan, they got more of the retirement savers credit. And they they just hadn't they just started their jobs in the fall, so they didn't they were they hadn't really contributed much to retirement plans. And so we showed them the opportunity to do this and then when you do that you can do it, you know, before tax or after tax and um, there's some pretty cool tax plans. It's it's, it, it's pretty simple stuff and um, n- not not huge as, as far as a volume of dollars, but it's an opportunity that's right there, and uh, we showed it to them, and they got pretty excited about it. You know, sometimes those last-minute planning opportunities get people the most excited. I had a client who sold his business last year, and he was going to pay – about a million bucks in taxes. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at the details, scrutinizing his return, and we, we realized he had some consulting income. So at the last minute, we suggested that he do a SEP IRA contribution. And you're allowed to do that right up until April 15th or even longer if you, if you extend, extend your return. Yep. And uh, he was just tickled to death. You know, he, he could contribute uh, a, a chunk of money and save himself 750 bucks. That was all it was. Mm-hmm. But... In the grand scheme of things, I, I would have looked at, yeah, you're paying a million bucks. What's 750? It made him just feel like, okay, I'm squeezing this tax bill down as small as I possibly can, and um, you know, not not missing one of those opportunities that will expire on April 15th for a lot of people. You want that? You you want to be able to say that about your own tax situation? That I I identified and captured every opportunity possible to make this past tax season your best ever. I always tell people there's three questions you need to answer and ask yourself every time you get your taxes done. And that middle one, hey, what can I do right now to improve last year's return? What about the third question? What do you need to be doing for this upcoming year to make this tax season your best ever? We've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. How is your tax planning changing for 2018 because of all of the change in the tax laws? What are you adjusting? How are you pivoting to make sure you're capturing all the goodness? We've got that and more coming up here. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard, along with Josh Geiger and Kevin Corhorn, coming to you from the KFG Studios. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. And just to remind you, if you have any questions, you want to reach out to us at all, have any needs, we're here for you. WiseMoneyRadio.com online, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, at WiseMoneyRadio, and you can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Well, Mike, one of the things that we did when we started this show in September of 2015 is we said we want to get a conversation started about people's financial lives because most people don't talk to other people about their finances. So we said, well, let's start the conversation and then let's encourage people that need help to go find help. Mm -hmm. And we said, if you need 
planning and as from our view on the world everyone needs planning go find a planner who's certified and that can help you with your financial planning but today we're talking about taxes so i want to talk to you if you didn't file a tax return for 2017 and it's not uncommon for people to not do that now what the government grants you is an automatic extension you need to file it but you you they will grant it to prepare your taxes uh, and file them up until October 15th of 2018 yep. and for this year. You don't get an extension on when you have to pay your taxes. That's right. But you get an extension on when you can file them. And I am assuming that there are some folks listening right now who have not filed their taxes. And I would encourage you, get that done. Put that turn to whoever you're sitting next to and say, you know what? I haven't gotten my taxes done. I'm going to get them done today. Mm-hmm. And start the process. Even just even just call, go see your tax preparer. If you don't have one, come come see us and we're more than happy to start the conversation, help walk you through the process, talk to you about what documents you need cuz sometimes whether it's a life event or something else happening, people get overwhelmed. Totally. And then they say, I just can't do it. And so they don't do it. And the problem with not filing your taxes is that it's not a self-correcting problem, number one. And a lot of times what we'll find, and we've seen, it's not uncommon for someone to walk in and say, hey, I've got five years of taxes that I didn't file. We'll file them, and they would have gotten a refund in all five of those years, but because because they've waited too long, they only can go back three years and claim those refunds. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, that's a good reminder. And and if you're if you're carrying around that weight, that burden, uh, get some help. Get some help. And, and there's no judging. You know, we we've all been there. Um, and so we'll you know gladly help you, or your CPA and CFP will gladly help you. So that's a good segue though into this next question, which is really about all right, guys, what did we see? for missed opportunities or close calls, if you will. And, and and I'll start here. I had some folks who have just had a unique relationship with the, with our firm and that um, we've just been, been doing their taxes because they've had a lot of life events. And she, uh, her husband passed away a couple of years ago and there was some life insurance that um, she did some things with. And then uh, but this is the first year where she did her, or 2017 was the first year where she had her taxes done, where she had kind of, after she had made some decisions with that money, and the tax picture did not look too good. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what she did with that money um, was was really about how to invest or, or other things, but it had absolute disregard to her tax situation. And that's why, that's why we preach to you every single week how you need to have a comprehensive approach. And I, I think I think I like that analogy Josh gave where, you know, your financial life is all these spaghetti noodles and taxes are kind of the sauce where it can touch everything. And the person that was helping her and really herself choose some decision, make some decisions with her with these life insurance proceeds really did not did not pay attention to taxes at all. 
She should have been funding Roth IRAs. She was not. She should have been contributing more to her retirement plan through work. She was not. She should have been extremely tax sensitive in her investment approach with those dollars. She was not. And it ultimately led to a significant tax bill. And as I sat down and reviewed the why with her and then some of the what, here's what you can do about it. Unfortunately, it was just about too late to do anything for last year. And sort of overwhelmed by the amount due for last year and now trying to think, well, uh, in an overwhelmed state, which of these strategies can I deploy for this year? So um, we did everything we could, but it was just one where financial decisions were made in disregarding their tax situation. Mm -hmm. It could have made a big difference. Thousands of dollars she paid taxes on that really she could have avoided. Yeah, so another way of saying it is don't make your financial decisions in a vacuum because in a vacuum, anything can make sense. So you say, well, how much should I save for my retirement? Well, how much is the maximum that you can put in? Put in the maximum. Mm-hmm. I've got money in the bank. Should I pay off my house? Yep, absolutely pay off my house. Uh, would so you, you, you go down the line and you say, well, I've got all of these decisions. If I make them as standalone decisions, not factoring the rest of my financial life, it's quite possible that I paint myself into a corner that's very uncomfortable to get out of. Yeah, and it feels like the classic example of that is the investment decision, mm-hmm. how you structure things, because some people think of their investments as just about trying to get a good rate of return or how to balance risk in the in the portfolio, yeah. and they don't take into consideration, boy, um, there are tax consequences here on how I structure these investments. And unfortunately, as you as you point out, you find it out when it's too late yep. quite often. That's right. I, I had an example of a client who uh, it, I, I would refer to them as a customer of our firm because they come here, I help them with their investments primarily. They've prepared their own taxes over the years. They happen to be over age 70 and a half, which may give you a clue on where I'm mm-hmm. going here. Um, but th- this was someone who uh, they file a very simple tax return. They don't itemize any deductions. They're just taking the standard deduction that the, the government offers. And uh, one of the responsibilities that I kind of keep on my shoulders each year is to make sure that they take out the required minimum distribution from their IRAs. We help manage those accounts and theoretically a CPA might help them with that, but they are their own CPA, right? Yep. Um, and so I, I kind of had to ask a, an important question. It was a little awkward, um, but I didn't know really what their charitable inclinations were. I had some suspicions, so I tried to gently ask without making any kind of judgment or anything, and they confirmed my suspicions that they give a pretty healthy chunk of money to their church every year. Mm -hmm. And we were able to show them that rather than take their required minimum distribution, which is the amount that you have to pull out every year after you reach age 70 and a half, pull it out from your IRAs, the government wants you to pay tax on that. But there's now an opportunity for you to pull that money out and send it directly to a charity and not have to count it on your tax return. So for folks who were not getting any type of benefit from their charitable contributions because they're not itemizing, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to show them by taking their required minimum distribution and sending it straight to their church, they don't have to count that income on their tax return. So suddenly they are getting a tax benefit for something they want to do anyway. 
And now it's actually a double tax benefit because now they're not having to pay tax on as much of their social security either. That's exactly and right. And so it swung their tax return pretty dramatically. And, you know, they're pretty fired up and excited about just being more creative in the way that they support this ministry that they were going to do anyway, mm-hmm. but now they're doing it in a way that's tax efficient. Yeah, I, I there were a couple that I saw, and these are fairly common if you said what are themes, because if you if you're close to Michigan and Indiana it's possible that you live in one state and work in the other and so we had some folks that live in Michigan work in Indiana and we're actually having their taxes prepared uh, up until this year in Ohio because mm-hmm. the person in Ohio specialized in some things that they were into and so this person was doing their tax returns well this person in Ohio didn't realize that you get credit on your Michigan return for taxes paid in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I say that, in, and even saying that, I go a little cross-eyed and it confuses me when I say it out loud. So all I would say is if you live in one state and work in another, there you want to be very, very, very careful about making sure that you're getting credit because it was about 600 bucks a year that we're able to go back and get for them. More wow. tax strategies coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Are your deductions going up in 2018 or going down? And depending on that, are your withholdings going up or going down? Got that question coming up here in just a moment. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike. I've got Josh and Kevin with me in the KFG studios. Special thanks to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for making the Wise Money Show possible. We are tackling, oh, tax season takeaways, I think is what I'd call it. Just success stories from last year or potential failures that you need to watch out for. In just a moment, we're going to be talking about how the tax laws have changed for 2018, and we're starting to see some of those tax planning opportunities. We're going to give you that here in just a moment. If you have any questions, though, you can reach out to us in a few different ways. I'd invite you to do that. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, at Wise Money Radio, right there. And you can submit questions there, comments as well. Uh, You can reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter, at Wise Money Radio, online, wisemoneyradio.com. And lastly, call or text 574-222-2000. Any question, any issue you have, either for the show or personal, 574-222-2000. Hey, and I have a quick listening idea. We just had a client and a good friend who traveled from Alabama up to Michigan, where he lives, and he binge listened to... Wise Money Radio podcast. Yeah, and he stayed awake. He stayed awake the whole time. <laughs> impressive. I couldn't believe it. So he driving. Yeah. So <laughs> if you've driving. got some extended windshield time, consider the Wise Money Radio show uh, for your binge listening pleasure. And he actually had a great idea that came out of that. Yeah, and some good feedback. That's right. That's right. All right. So Kevin, let's talk about one last warning or um, or failure. It's something that we just need to an experience that you had that you saw where you just need to communicate to everyone, make sure they're forewarned. Gotcha. Two quick ones here. Uh, so uh, we 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 started doing... Never negotiate with <laughs> I this said guy, one, right? he said two. It'll end up being three. <laughs> Probably. So um, uh, on a serious note here, we, 
we started doing a return uh, for some folks and realized that the past two years, their um, CPA had stopped putting depreciation for the building that they owned on their tax return. And most people, when they come in to pick up a tax return, don't go through it line by line, item by item. They just assume, hey, I gave you the stuff. You put the right stuff in the right boxes. I have the right result. I owe what I owe. And actually, for this uh, person, we were able to go back two years, and it ended up being about $6,000 a year um, that we were for in their favor. Yeah. Um, so that was – so this is this is where – I would encourage you to be engaged in the game. Most people don't want to look at their tax returns because it doesn't make a lot of sense. And if you only look at one a year, it's not going to make a lot of sense. So I would sit across the table from someone who does tax planning. Again, make the distinction between tax planning and tax preparation, but sit across the table from someone who looks at those and can explain line by line, this is what this number is, this is where it came from, this is what it does to your return. Uh, the other, the other, I guess I would say surprise. Uh, we had some folks that we were serving, and they bought health insurance on the exchange. So they had Obamacare. Um, I don't know if it's the red, white, and blue, or the uh, you know blue, silver, and gold, diamond, platinum, what have you. But they have dif- different levels of plans. So they had their plan, and their income. They were planning on it being fairly low, and they. Towards the end of the year, um, they inherited some money, and through that process, uh, some of the decisions mm-hmm. they made created some gains in that they weren't anticipating. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because of those, and because it wasn't coordinated, there wasn't a coordinated effort in all of this. Um, they, I'm looking at the number right now. They ended up. Paying back nine thousand eight hundred and sixteen dollars. Yeah, when you're when you're buying your health insurance through the exchange, it's possible. In fact, likely, if you've done some strategizing, that your premium payment is being offset by a tax credit. Right. You don't realize it. You're paying a lesser amount, and you're getting a tax credit each and every month going against that premium. Well, if you made too much money. That tax credit goes away, and you have to pay all that money back on your tax return. Nasty, nasty surprise. Yeah, I'm looking at line 46, Mm -hmm. excess advance premium tax credit repayment. So they were getting, in essence, about $800 a month of credit. So that's $800 a month that they were not paying. Well, at the end of the year, as we did their taxes, this nasty little surprise came in and that it all went back. Well, and the health insurance uh, agent who's helping you put that plan in place, or maybe you went online and did it all by yourself, they don't necessarily know exactly what your tax picture is going to be. And so when they plug in these numbers, it's really just an advance. It's a guess as to how much of a tax savings you're going to have at the end. You're getting it throughout the year. And if, you know, if you're overly optimistic, you may have to pay it back. And 
Wow, not over nine grand, you said. So overly yeah. optimistic, or if your circumstances changed. Yeah. And that's why that's why tax planning is a year-round process. But it'd be easy for your circumstances to change and you don't connect the dots. Totally. Because you say, you know, the hip bone's connected to the elbow, and you say, well, how in the world does does this, if it changed here, does it? why would it change over there? It doesn't make any sense. That's a great segue. And one of my favorite thing about this tax season here at KFG is for every person we prepared their return, we created a pro forma. So basically showed, here's what 2017 looked like, income, deductions, all that stuff. And then now here's what that same income would look like under the new tax laws in 2018. And and so knowing your situation throughout the year, this is... Um, this gave us our first glimpse. And I, at least for me, out of that, I could see certain actually tax challenges, yeah. things, things that, okay, you need to be aware of. And if you, if you just kind of ignored this, you could show up a year from now and have a nasty surprise. That's exactly right. And we uncovered a lot of those by kind of turning our attention from backwards planning 2017 to now 2018. And this software that you're describing, it's basically assuming that next year's income is going to look exactly the same as 2017's was. 2018 and and 2017 would be the same. It might. It's circumstantial. It might. It might not. That's right. But one of the things that has, for most people, definitely changed is the amount of withholdings that your employer is pulling out of each paycheck and sending to the federal government on your behalf. A lot of people don't realize that they're withholding less money, and it's because their tax withholding tables have changed back in February, most most employers. And it's not everybody that I've seen. It's not been consistent. And um, it, it's interesting. I, I had a, a doctor that we were working with, and we showed them how the, the tax law changes are going to result in them paying a lot less tax next year. He's one of the beneficiaries of the, the tax law change. But... We also showed that next year he's going to owe a bunch of money on his taxes. Mm. It's an interesting riddle. And the whole reason is, yes, his tax bill is dropping, but the amount he's paying in dropped even more. And so he's going to swing from having a refund to owing because of such a dramatic swing in the amount of withholding. So he was thankful that we caught that. He was able to go back and actually increase his withholdings now for the remaining you know, three-fourths of the year. Yeah, it is a little bit confusing because when people look and if you haven't looked at your 2017 put into 2018 and and what you should expect, what kind of difference there's going to be, I would encourage you to work with your tax planner to look at that. But when you look, a lot of the folks that were that are going to be getting, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars more in tax relief than they had previously. They're saying, okay, well, this is going to be a refund, right? And the way the way the sausage is made is the the federal government has tax withholding tables that they push out to employers, and employers hold ba- withhold from your paycheck based upon those rates and the W four that you filled out. So there are a number of moving parts here, but um, for most people, your what your paycheck changed in February, and it changed whether you noticed it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And you didn't do right. anything. The, right. the, the, the withholding tables changed automatically, and that is, that's my biggest concern as well. It's, it's why the biggest takeaway from today's show needs to be 
us stressing to you that this is the year to make sure you're running a tax projection. Yes. Tax planning needs to start now. Whether you've ever done it before, this is the year to do it because the whole game just changed. Yeah, I, I, there's a little bit more to add there. There's another warning I want to give, and then I want to lay out what, what that looks like. What is a tax projection? And what's that whole process look like that you need to embark on, possibly for the first time here in 2018? And we've got some listener questions here. All coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Thank you so much for listening today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. Alongside me, Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn here in the KFG studios. If you missed anything, let me remind you, every episode is on the YouTube channel. Check us out, subscribe to it, leave comments if you want. Go ahead and hit that like button. If you like what you're listening to, just search Wise Money Radio on YouTube. It's also podcast. Kevin shared, uh, we actually have several folks who have subscribed to the podcast and listen to it when they're driving around or maybe making a long road trip. You can find us on Google Play and iTunes. You've got to type in the whole thing there, Wise Money with Corhorn Financial the Group. The Wise Money. Yes. Yeah. And online, wisemoneyradio.com and Facebook, Twitter at Wise Money Radio. Before we transition into a couple listener questions, great questions, by the way, uh, there's just a couple more tax warnings or strategies uh, that kind of reveal themselves in the new tax law. And the first one is I've kind of teased out if you've been listening to the whole show here is, are your deductions going up or down? I've had a lot of people... So, so you guys know, just to quickly recap, the standard deduction is essentially doubling. If you're, if you're married, filing jointly, then it's going from just about 12700 to 24000 But then the personal exemption deduction is going away, okay? And that was 4050 per person. That's gone. I've had a lot of people who have said, well, the deductions are going, my, my, the, the standard deduction is going up. And yet their itemized deductions are 31000 something mm-hmm. like that. And so in their brain, they've just been hearing, oh, deductions are going up, deductions are going up. And you're like, no, your deductions are actually going down. You'll still itemize and it'll be about the same unless you're being capped out on, uh, on SALT deductions or uh, miscellaneous job-related expenses, something like that. But you're, you're losing that exemption deduction. And so just like you said where we're holdings have changed, I've had to tell lots of people, no, your deductions are actually going down, but your withholdings have gone down too. So we need to increase your withholdings mm-hmm. because your deductions are now less. Yes, the tax rates have gone down. That's helped in many cases offset this difference, but not for everyone. There may be some folks out there though that things that were previously off limits to you are now suddenly available again. Things like a child tax credit. Yeah. Um, it used to be that once your income went over 110000 for a married couple, they started taking away your child tax credit, which was $1,000 to begin with, and they'd just start shaving 50 bucks off every $1,000 worth of income that you'd add. Yep. So a lot of people would lose it. 
Well, now your income can be as high as 400000 and you get the full credit. And oh, by the way, the credit is twice as big yeah, for right. each child. It's now 2000 per child. So what used to be a good strategy for some of my clients who they were in the 25% tax bracket and they were being phased out on this child tax credit, we, we wanted them contributing heavily to traditional retirement plans. Well, now the tax brackets have changed. The tax credits for their children are all on the table again. And maybe the strategy goes from using their traditional 401k to now a Roth. Yep. I've shared that with folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so basically just know this. What you knew before about tax planning has changed. I don't know how it's changed for you, but that's exactly why you explore your own proactive planning and don't just take for granted what you've always been doing. You may be missing some opportunities. Let me share with you our process here at, at uh, that I would suggest your CFP should be doing for you. Because this year the tax law has changed, like I said, when we sat down with our clients and, re- and delivered and reviewed their 2017 return, we did a pro forma for 2018 and gave them an initial look, and that revealed some strategies, some adjustments that we needed to make. For many people, not everyone, for some of you where it was a big difference, we've teed it up, and we're going to talk about it again in July. And then in the fall as well. And what do you mean talk about it? We're going to start doing a tax projection. A pro forma is just take the same numbers and apply it forward. A projection, though, is, all right, bring in your latest pay stub. Let's talk about what things you sold or capital gains or anything like that. Let's talk about uh, what your actual tax picture will likely look like this year based on the information we have. And let's build a mock tax return. Let's build it and let's see what impact the changes have made and what new opportunities are revealed. We do tax projections for two reasons. The first is to identify opportunities to capture them. But then the second is to avoid surprises. And because the tax laws changed, your withholdings changed, your deductions are different, I think a lot of people are going to have surprises. So I would encourage you to take to follow that process this year. The important thing, though, is that that is part of the financial planning process. That's right. You're doing that in the context of an overall plan. That's not just something that you kind of want off because many of the tax opportunities that are available to you lie in other areas of your financial life that wouldn't be revealed if you're not taking a comprehensive approach to your planning. And possibly some of these tax planning opportunities might be ones that you need to pass on. Because there are other areas of your financial life that are taking more priority. And you need to say, yes, I know I could contribute more to my HSA, but right now we're working on this, and that is a higher priority. Yes, it needs to be made, because like Kevin said earlier, anything in a vacuum can make sense. Yeah, Yeah. and I think there's all kinds of strategies, whether it's bunching up deductions, so instead of doing something every year, you do it every other year. There's all kinds of different strategies. So just remember, just kind of a high-level overview, a couple of things. Your standard deduction is going to double. Your exemptions are going to go away. And if you have children, and they've even changed the age on this as well, but if you have children, the um, you will get a credit, remembering that when the government gives you a credit, the government doesn't have any money, so they're giving you someone else's money. So <laughs> Thanks for that uh, reminder. Yeah, uh, you should feel very blessed <laughs> when that happens. So, in the, and, and lastly, to summarize what Josh has already said at the risk of being redundant again, is um, if you are 70 and a half and you've got retirement assets and you give charitably, the money needs to go to set up the conduit between your IRA or retirement plan and the charity. Make it go direct 
and you will get the benefit, which is you're not paying taxes on that money. Yeah, yeah. And and you benefit federally and f- from a state perspective as well. That's right. All right, we're going to pivot here, and we're going to tackle a quick question here from Jeff, fan of the show. Here's what he asked. My daughter's 15, and she just inherited a significant sum of money that we'd like to go towards college. Right now, it's just sitting in the bank, not earning much, and we're wondering how we should invest this money for her college. Well, I would start, Jeff, does she have any earned income? If she does, whatever her earned income amount is needs to go into a Roth IRA for her. So I would start there. Um, Jeff, we we couldn't tell if you lived in Indiana or Michigan. Um, So let's assume that you live in... Indiana. Indiana. That's that's the more <laughs> that's the more fun one. It's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so the question is, is it her money? It sounds like it is. Because if it's her money, you get if you uh, live in Indiana, you get a twenty percent credit on what you put into your five twenty nine plan up to a thousand dollars. So if you put five thousand in, you get a twenty percent credit, so you get a thousand dollar credit. But that only goes against your state tax bill, and it's it's uh, not refundable. Right. So if if it's your daughter's money and it has to be used by her in her name, and she only made let's say a thousand dollars last year, so she paid fifty bucks uh, to the state. That's that's all the credit she can get. Well, if your family. That's she right. Could, she, she could gift you five grand, and you could put it in a five twenty nine. That's right. The, the The point in all that is, in order to get the full thousand dollars of money from the state, you have to have paid a thousand dollars in taxes to be wiped out. In state it's not going to create state a tax. negative tax for you. So that's Indiana, and so you might say, and, and and you pose the question about how do you invest this for college? I'd be very careful about investing for such a short period of time. That's right. Even before you think about, oh, I've got this gold mine of an investment idea. Now, how, you know, when are you going to need this money? That's got to drive the bus there. But, but. Um, if it's for college and you live in Indiana, I'd have her gift you five grand and have you put that money in a five twenty nine plan so you can get the full write off. If you live in Michigan, you probably you might be able to do that for a couple years, but they you're you only get a deduction in Michigan and they net out your withdrawals. Mm-hmm. Where in Indiana, the con- the the credits on the contribution. So great question, Jeff. In fact, we, we might tackle it more and in an upcoming show there's just a little meat on the bones there. But that is all the time we have for today. If you've missed anything, I'd point you again to the website, wisemoneyradio.com, YouTube at Wise Money Radio, or the podcast, iTunes, and Google Play. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.